Okay, good evening everyone, Dachiyah Miller, and well, it's good evening where I am anyway, I'm uh, on the east coast of the United States, so we're talking eastern time zone, so it's 8pm on Monday, how's the day, April 3rd, for those of you keeping track, anyway, this is episode 154 of Kudan Radio, the podcast for serious martial artists and indigenous practitioners, self-defense oriented and self-defense minded people, so anyway, um, but this, the whole take, if you're new to Kudan, the whole take here is in focusing on ourselves, right? Making ourselves uh, someone uh, who has intrinsic value, right? Some someone worth protecting, okay? And I know how how uh, elitist that can sound, but it is what it is, right? We don't put security on trash dumps and uh, garbage scowls and things like that, right? They go on banks and jewelry stores and things of value, right? So if we're going to be studying and working on self-defense, then other than ego gratification, we should probably uh, – think that we and or whoever else we're responsible for protecting are worth that. Okay. All right. So this episode, right, we'll be talking about a very, very hot topic, pun intended, uh, and something that I hear about or, or get questions about on a regular basis from students. We're going to be talking about anger, right, and how we're talking, going to talk about the kind of anger that can really get, you know, get, get us by the balls, so to speak, right? Get a grip on us, right? And we're going to be taking a look at it from the perspective of poison, but as with all enlightened wisdom kind of things, the opposite is also true. So we're going to take a look at it uh, from the perspective of it being a tool uh, for use, but and what makes the difference, okay? Anyway, we'll talk about that and more when we get back, and I'll talk to you soon. So the big question is this, how are self-defense and success-minded people like us Concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world. How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kuden Radio, real training for real people in a real world. All right, and we are back, right? So, Kuden. Uh, if you've been following along, again, this is episode 154. We're just trucking along. Um, this is kind of the end of a, uh, a personal development series that I've been doing, but it's also a springboard uh, to a program that a lot of folks have been asking me about. So uh, here in a couple of days, I'm going to be announcing a free webinar to kind of take this another step uh, where we're going to be looking at something known as the Sanji Shishidobon in Japanese, Sanji Shichi Dobon. Sanji Shichi means 37, so number 37. Dobon generally roughly translates into uh, like elements for enlightenment, okay, or enlightenment elements, paths, that kind of thing, right? So uh, for those who are interested in uh, Mikyo and the mind science and getting our heads on straight so we're not controlled, manipulated, all those kind of things, right, that can really suck us into the same kind of things that um, cause a lot of violence, cause a lot of uh, uh, hatred and, and things that are just, you know, uh, people get into fights for the dumbest things, right? I know they don't think that they're stupid, but at the same time, uh, was it Mike Tyson that has a, there's something online that I saw, I think it's a quote from him. Um, he said, the problem today is that there's a lot of people who anonymously post online because they don't have to worry about getting busted in the face for being disrespectful, okay? And, um, Hatsumi said, said something like this uh, a decade or so ago, um, but he was talking about the general 
just the general state of things, right? Not just here, not just Japan, the gen general state of things. And he said, you know, the problem with the world today is that you can't teach somebody a lesson who seriously deserves it. Okay. And that's what gets, gets, uh, allows people to get away with things, right? There are laws that if you put hands on somebody, right, assault, those kind of things. Uh, but there are no laws to stop somebody from just, you know, being verbally aggressive, verbally violent. And it is violence, right? They're yelling and screaming or whatever, right? So anyway, so the topic and the theme for uh, this episode is destroying the grasp and poison of anger, right? We're going to be taking a look at anger, um, specifically from the perspective of uh, two sides, right? Take a look at it from the perspective of what our uh, Mikyo or the Ninpo Mikyo philosophical underpinnings of what we're doing, right? What that says about it. And again, I only have what an hour or so. So uh, we're going to get to this and, and oh, I can only cover so much. As a matter of fact, this is the last week I'm, I'm my own producer, right? So next week, James will be back. So I just need to move the, the chat thing here so I can see when people like speak up. All right. So um, we're going to look at it from that perspective, right? Um, kind of what our philosophical teachings say, right? And then we're also going to take a look at things from what modern science says, okay? And the cool thing to me for decades, since, since the mid-80s, is, is uh, seeing how modern scientific discoveries are really a rediscovering of these truths that were again discovered right and passed down the difference in why a lot of people could see these things as belief systems or philosophies or whatever and and a lot of people had a problem using the word truths is that there wasn't scientific validation right even though the process is very scientific in the way it's done it just wasn't using modern terminology, you know, uh, people with degrees weren't behind it, all that kind of stuff, right? And when people get a hold of these things, right, they can go from a religion to something like this and want to tag that word, religion or belief system or whatever, on it. And all they're doing is playing a game of substitution when really what you're doing is comparing apples and pickup trucks, okay? Not even apples and oranges because they're both fruit, right? So if you trade out one religion for another, one philosophy for another, that's apples and oranges, okay? And people can play their little games with that. But, um, yeah, I see it as apples and pickup trucks or, you know, pick something else. Right. Anyway, um, it's my granddaughter right here. Apples and snow globes, whatever. At least they are closer to the shade. Anyway, so um, so let's start. Let's start uh, with one of the one of the first underpinnings. Right. So ignorance, passion and well, actually it's passion slash desire could be either way right ignorance and anger slash hatred sometimes called aversion right these are known as the three poisons right uh in the foundational lessons uh of our mikyo okay so uh passion ignorance and anger hatred uh i don't have all my stuff up in here yet if we were at the dojo and i was doing things i have uh, something known as the tibetan wheel of life you can always do google images and pull that thing up it's at the very, very core. There are these three animals that are biting on each other's tail because each one leads to the next, to the next, to the next, right? Desire is based on um, ignorance and not stupidity, just not knowing how things work, right? 
Um, and so passion, desire, those kind of things um, are rooted in uh, wanting things to be a way they can't, uh, wanting to avoid things that can't be avoided, uh, whatever, right? Wanting to, um, you know, wanting to, uh, wanting to uh, circumvent cause and effect, right? I'm going to do this shit over here, but I'm expecting the results to be the same as, you know, um, I'm, I'm going to not practice or I'm going to semi-practice or I'm going to half-ass it or whatever, but I want to get the same results that my teacher and my teacher's teacher and all these other people uh, got, but, yeah, you know, I want to put in the same kind of effort. Well, it just doesn't work that way, right? So then what happens because it doesn't work that way, right? Then you end up with this anger, hatred, aversion, whatever, right? That sucks. It really wasn't good anyway. I really didn't want it, right? I hate my teacher. They didn't give me the belt rank I wanted, whatever, right? So there's there in lies this thing, right? Now, at the base of things, and I, I don't have, you know, a bunch of slides for this because we're doing this live visually for folks on YouTube and Facebook and things like that. But I had to make sure that I'm I'm doing this in a way that benefits literally 95% or better of the people that end up um, engaging with the podcast. And in reality, what ends up happening is after this stuff, after we're done with the live thing that we're doing now, um, then it gets adjusted and uploaded to a bunch of podcast sites like Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio, and they're all audio only. So um, I mean, I could do slides for you guys, but then a very, very small percentage of people would would get it. Right. Which is why I do these other programs. Right. And that's just, you know, much, much deeper dive. So but what I want you to envision is a line or if you have a piece of paper handy or something like that. Right. Uh, it's going to work for me. Okay, So uh, for, the, for those of who are on visual. Right. I'm going to try to describe this as much as possible. Right. But what you're going to do is you're going to draw a, just a horizontal line and put like little tabs on the end of it. Just a couple of vertical lines, right? So a horizontal line and then make it like a, a an I-beam or something that's laying on its side, okay? And then, again, I'm trying to describe this and use the right words so that those of you on uh, the podcast sites, right, that are audio only, you still get this, right? And then if you can envision a bunch of lines, right, um, just like a ruler, okay? So just like the, the uprights at the end of the vertical line, right, we're going to make a bunch of uprights, Right. Um, through that horizontal line all the way across. OK. And then on one end. Right. On, let's say on the on the far left. Right. We're going to put the word. Uh, let's put the word. Um, uh, frustrating. Okay? Frustrating. Right? At the far side. Right. On the other side, on the right side, that tab gets the word. Um, or the term uh, rage or all encompassing or uh, enveloping rage or something like that. You get the idea, right? Somebody that's just, they've just gone halt on, on everything, right? They're not thinking clearly. They're just absolutely monstrous, right? That kind of thing. Okay. So what we've done is just created the anger uh, scale, the anger timeline, or you know, not really a timeline, but it's a scale. OK, because it's easier to recognize what's really going on and how these are all tied into the same kind of emotional energy. If we understand that these things are 
all together, right? Now, that doesn't mean that if I'm frustrated, I'm enraged, okay? But frustration is a type of, of anger, right? It's, it's, this is throwing me off, right? And it's a negative energy, right? Um, probably the person who's lightly frustrated, you can even put the word lightly by this, right? Um, and then we could move up the scale, right? Moderately frustrated, uh, you know, severely frustrated, whatever, right? And then we get to irritable, right? Or irritation, right? And then we get to what most people would call angry, right? I'm angry, right? And then we're friggin' mad or whatever, right? All the way up, just start putting things as you would see them as, as increasing in intensity until we get to blind, utter rage, right? Where somebody is just, they're just, a, they're just an animal, okay? So um, if we understand it as a timeline, then what we have is this, is this scale, or not really a timeline, it's a scale, right? And we can see this escalation, okay? That's like, uh, like energies. If we don't have something like this and we can't make the intangible more tangible like this where we can see it, then these things end up being kind of uh, fragmented, right, and broken, right? So clarity is the point, right? Clarity is the point. I'm writing all over my notes here, so I want to make sure that I'm, so where, I'm, where I'm going with this, okay? So then, again, if we go back to the three poisons, right, we've got this desire or passion or whatever, right? Even, even people that are in the spiritual path, right? They, they desire enlightenment or whatever, right? And um, if we're not careful, right? Ego or, you know, uh, a mind that probably should get some help, right? Um, is not gonna get there what it's gonna do, right? Typically ego, right? Is gonna fake it. Right. It's going to read all about it or or learn all about it and whatnot and then take the shortcut. OK, because either the mind is incapable of doing the work because it can't string things together logically or it doesn't want to do the work. Right. And so it's just easier to just jump the line. Right. Like somebody going online and ordering a black uniform and a black belt and, uh, you know, using a printer and printing up a certificate and promoting themselves as a black belt in any given martial art, right? So anyway, um, so there's this, there's this passion, right? There's this desire for something or whatever, right? It's really driven by ignorance. Right? So ignorance is behind everything, right? And again, not stupidity. It's just not knowing any better or wanting to believe that, right? I can just wish on a, wish on candles on a cake or, uh, whatever, blow them out, and the tooth fairy will show up, and ta-da, I'm a black belt, whatever, okay? And then when that desire doesn't manifest, then there's this anger, and then that ends up, right, just fueling it, right? What most people do when they're angry about something, um, just instinctively what they do is they just try harder or faster, right? We see it in the martial arts school all the time, okay? Um, and I'm constantly telling my students, right, a technique that's wrong if you do it harder and faster, it doesn't make it right. It makes it wrong harder and faster. Okay. So what we have to figure out is what's amiss. And the process of observing and contemplating and researching and asking questions like, okay, what am I missing? Right. That illuminates the darkness. So now we're not operating based on ignorance. Right. We're not just 
I saw my teacher do a couple of moves. He did something with his arm like that to the other guy's arm like that. And he, and he stepped back and right. But there's a lot, there's a lot they still don't know about. it. It's kind of like these videos that I, that I, um, I'm, I'm throwing up all over uh, YouTube, YouTube shorts. I'm, I'm spending a lot of time on 10 second to 58 second, give or take, because YouTube shorts can only be 60 seconds long. And then I'm getting, you know, I, I get good questions from folks and, and whatnot. Not really looking for anything. And I really appreciate the people that throw all kinds of crappy comments all over it because YouTube's algorithm doesn't know the difference between a compliment and, you know, a shithead who's making a nasty comment. I really don't care. You can comment all day long, good, bad, indifferent, because the algorithm's just going to look at it. It's a stupid computer program. It's going to look at it and go, man, people really like his stuff. Okay. Which just causes YouTube to show my stuff to more people. And it does. So I'm cool with that. Right. But that's me understanding how this thing works instead of throwing off a whole bunch of stuff. And then when I don't get any views on my videos, then I'm just going to, you know, get pissed off and say that YouTube doesn't work. Right. Okay. So, but anyway, we figure out, right. And then we can keep on moving. Right. That doesn't mean the desire for the outcome, like earning my black belt or whatever, or becoming a Zen priest or whatever. Right. It doesn't mean that that's going to go away, but I stand a greater chance of it happening because I'm not just going into it blindly. Right. Um, and that's also going to lessen frustration, anger, um, hatred, aversion, all those kind of things on the tail end because things are actually working out, okay? But anyway, right? So, uh, but here's a question I'm going to throw out, right? Is anger good or bad? And again, if you catch me kind of looking off to the side, my laptop's over here. Again, I'm my own producer uh, for one more week. James will be back next week, so that'll be cool, right? We'll have a little, I don't know, ninja party or something. Anyway, right? So, um, uh, so, Somebody in. Awesome. Okay. Uh, Awesome. Okay. So the question is, is anger good or bad? I don't see a whole lot of folks um, interacting at the moment. I see that there's a good half a dozen or so on. But um, either way, right? The question is yes, no, and both. Okay. And we're going to get to that and why. Okay. So here's the thing. At its worst, we've all been there. Right. And if you haven't, then either you um, are an alien, you live all by yourself and you're perfect. And I don't know. I I don't know why you're on learning something. Right. Um, Or you live in Egypt next to a river called denial. Okay, And anyway. Right. So at its worst, anger can burn us up. Right. From the inside, just just, you know, it can injure others. Okay, if if I lash out. Right. And if it's pent up and repressed, it can actually lead us to depression. um, Certain types of insanity or psychological imbalance. Right. Or it can lead to a passive aggressive mindset. Okay, so you can only hold things in so much. Okay. Um, and we can't deny that we have it, right? Because to, to deny that, we're going to look at it later when we get to the science part of it, right? If you truly don't have it, then there's something off in the biology, right, of the brain because 
all these chemicals are naturally produced, right, by the human brain. And so then we have to question, right, is there a problem? Is there like a sociopathy going on, right? Is the person a sociopath? You're not because you're enlightened, right? Um, but are they sociopaths, right, where they're completely disconnected? There is no emotion. So if they don't have anger, they don't have happiness, compassion, empathy, nothing like that, right? Everybody's an object, and they do things for their own for their own benefit, okay? Everybody's just an object, right? Psychopaths, well, not, you got enjoyment, right? I don't know if there's anger there. Um, they're doing it from some kind of deviant uh, enjoyment kind of thing. You can look all this stuff up. Anyway, so in the spiritual world, right, um, where for the most part, right, across multiple religions, multiple, multiple spiritual uh, practices, including this one, right, um, at least to a point, right, um, all anger is seen as bad, okay? But this passive aggressiveness, right, that can come out of this, right, because, again, a lot of it comes from trying to suppress things, right, trying to suppress the urge or anger comes up and I'm just not going to say it. I'm just I'm going to smile. I'm going to do the pious thing, that kind of thing. Right. Um, one of two things can happen. Right. Again, it's going to end up being passive aggressive. Right. And, and you have to know what you're looking at to see it. But um, it can be internalized, in which case what will happen is you'll end up with this hyper focused and highly energized inner critic. Right. You're not supposed to get angry. God damn it. Jeffrey. Pay attention to what you're doing. That kind of thing. Right. So it's all internalized. Right. We become our own victim. Um, or externalized. Right. Then what happens is it gets projected outward toward those who aren't doing it right. They're not following the rules. Right. Um, they you know, are assholes because they're not in the organization anymore, right? They're whatever, okay? So I'm not saying that either isn't a valid point because we may not be paying attention. We may not, you know, we're, we're and, and we're, we're trying to be mindful of ourselves and make sure that we are, you know, living intentionally and not accidentally. But we're talking about this highly charged kind of thing that's going on. And so we're, because I'm repressing the expression of anger or frustration or whatever as it comes up, right? I or anything like that, right? It's going to, it's going to do things, okay? And it can, it can cause a type of insanity, right? Um, outwardly, though, then you get this passive aggressive kind of thing where somebody, you know, you might be making snide comments or these side, you know, offhanded kind of things and, and somebody calls you on it, you know, I didn't say anything, right? Or, or um, I don't have to say anything. You already know, right? Right? You know what you're doing. That kind of thing, right? We just weird, crappy kind of kind of things, right? Certainly not clear. Certainly not uh, based on any kind of uh, compassion or you know anything like that, right? Again, same with the martial art. All these things, right? it's the same, right? If if we're having a problem with the technique, right? Instead of getting clarity, or instead of trying to back up and ask the right questions. We just, out of frustration, keep trying the same thing harder and harder and keep messing up and, you know, whatever. We could end up quitting, in which case that doesn't serve us at all, right? Or we could blame the teacher, right? They suck. 
If they were a good teacher, they would have taught me right and I wouldn't be making this mistake. So I'm going to go find somebody else. Or I blame the martial art itself, right? This art sucks. It doesn't work, whatever. So I'm going to go do that one over there. And then the person keeps racing around to these other things, right? I mean, we've all met people like this, right? They buy a program. It could be a martial arts program or anything, right? We'll just do online. But it could be a book at, at the bookstore, whatever, right? They buy this thing. They half-ass it, right? Or they give it, like, that much of a try. Or they read to, I don't know, page 19, right? And then they get sidetracked or they just don't finish or whatever, right? It's requiring that they do work. Well, maybe I can get around it. I'll, I'll read the whole book and then I'll come back and start the work or whatever, right? And then next week they're buying a different program or they're buying another book or whatever. They didn't even finish that one, okay? As a matter of fact, in the self-development world, the last statistic I saw was that, I mean, somebody could have bookshelves full of personal development books um, and that includes spirituality, religion, whatever, right? And the average page read count, right, um, is 19, okay? That means some people read to, what was that, page 38, and some people bought it and brought it home and put it on their bookshelf at zero, okay? The average uh, page read um, is, what I say, 20, give or take, you get the idea, right? Okay, so we're... <laughs> Not not much, okay? Um, they barely, barely got past the introduction of the table of contents, okay? All right, so anyway, right? Anger, frustration, even rage, right? They're, they're natural inclinations, right? And they're natural inclinations, it's, it's really part of the, the, the um, human defense mechanism, right? They're natural inclina inclinations when things aren't going well, okay? Um, you know, there's discomfort, there's whatever. I mean, we're, we're born this way, right? A baby's uncomfortable or hungry or in pain or whatever, right? It cries, right? The fact that we learned a language and then can articulate more, and some people are still crying, but anyway, you get the idea, right? It's because we can communicate better doesn't mean that it's not coming from the same kind of things, right? So, again, they're part of the human defense mechanism, right? So, it's it's... Not that it happens or doesn't happen, okay? And here's the thing. In the enlightenment journey, we need to let it happen, okay? Because if it doesn't happen, then we don't have this thing to observe, to meditate on, or whatever, right? And not just the, the state, because a lot of people will say, well, I can watch other people's anger, right? I can do that, right? And I'll just depersonalize it. I'll just watch them. I can learn a lot from that. You can learn a lot from their actions and, and the fact that it's going on and the feel you get from that. But you can't learn the parts that are really important. And that's the energy that's happening, right? How it makes your body feel, what it makes your mind do in its attempt to be logical, all those kind of things, right? You can't experience their anger. You can experience your response being in the same room with the angry person or watching them on the documentary or whatever, but it's not the same. Okay. So in the beginning, we need to recognize it so that we can use it. Okay. Because there's going to, the, the, I'm going to give you three exercises today that uh, go, uh, and again, there's many, many more, but I'm going to give you three for, again, cutting that grasp, cutting that grip that it has, and also 
right? Eliminating the poison, right? Eventually we just stop having the kind of thoughts or we stop processing things the same way so that not, not that we're less likely to be angered, we're less likely to be angered by things that will create more suffering or cause fights or put a bigger tar target on our back if we're talking, speaking from a self-defense perspective, right? right? I keep referring to my notes because I've got uh, four pages that I want to make sure that I covered for everybody, right? So, um, again, it's what causes it, right? Why we're using it and what we do with it when it happens and when it arises, right? That makes the difference, right? It's not whether or not it happens. It's why and what we do with it, right? And why we're actually using it because anger can be used as a tool. It's used as a tool on a regular basis, okay? Um, there are uh, certain types of uh, bullies, manipulators, those kind of things, right, that use anger to get their own way because they know that if they flare, everybody acquiesces because they don't want the screaming going on. So it's just easier to give the spoiled child of 47 or however old they are, right, the toy so that it shuts the hell up, right? But by doing that, they also enable the child to continue doing it, okay? And now we live in a culture where, well, let's just enable the insane to be insane. Because, you know, that's natural for them. Yeah. yeah, and radioactive waste is a natural byproduct of nuclear fission. Anyway, all right, so um, in our Vajrayana traditions, right, um, also known as Mikyo, for those of you who are following on the Japanese side of things, right, um, there are two characters I want to talk about, okay? One, most of you know, right? Uh, this character is called Fudo-myo, right? Fudo, uh, Fudo-myo means immovable light king or queen because they're gender neutral, even though Fudo is typically, image-wise, is typically depicted in male form, okay? But it's not, it's not like women can't bring out this character and whatnot, okay? I'm going to just talk about a couple of differences here, right? So the second one is called uh, Vajra Yogini, okay? Like uh, Vajra, like yoga, but it's Yogini, Y-O-G-I-N-I, okay? So um, uh, Vajra Yogini, it's, it's um, excuse me, there's uh, diamond truth practice, that kind of thing. It, it's Vajra Yogini is typically seen as the essence of all awakened ones. Okay, so where Fudo Myo, where Fudo is dressed in a robe and standing upright, right? Typically standing upright or sitting in Fudoza or or um, uh, Rengeza, the lotus position, whatever, right? It could be sitting or standing, very upright, right? Very upright, uh, holding a sword in one hand holding a coiled rope in another, okay? Um, uh, their hair, um, his, her hair, right? Tied in a sex, seven section top knot, goes down the, down the back of the head and then kind of lays across one shoulder. It's very, very, um, not stoic because they've got this, this face. I'll explain this in, in a minute, right? Contrast this with Vajrayogini, right? It's typically seen in feminine form, 
Okay, one leg up, like Shiva, if you if you know that character, right? Um, in a in a kind of a dancing posture, right? She's carrying a sharp knife, which, like Fudo's sword, right, um, uses it to cut through uh, ignorance, anger, that kind of stuff, right? Um, illusions, that kind of thing, right? Um, her her hair is untamed, right? It's like, right. <laughs> um, uh, but again, like Fudo, it the face right radiates a wrathful expression. Okay, so Fudo's got this grimace. Uh, two fangs, one points toward heaven, one points toward earth. Uh, there's like 113 different symbolic references um, on on the images, whether it's painted or statuary or whatever. Okay, um, so the point of both of these characters is that um, is that on the spiritual path, right, um, as well as just the expression of truth, right, it's not always nice, okay? Uh, it's not always calm. And it's not always what we might think of as conventionally spiritual, okay? Um, so uh, what we're looking at is where, you know, she's wild, right, and her body is, again, like Fudo, right? Now, there's like red Fudo, blue Fudo, yellow Fudo. They all have different uh, representations or different symbols. But typically, Fudo is seen as a you know, skin's red, just like Vajra Yogini, right? Skin is red. Um, it's red with the heat of what's known as yogic fire, which is this spiritual passion to, to, to not only uh, be or... or uh, get enlightenment to happen, but to, by any means necessary, drive all in beings to enlightenment. Okay. So, but surrounded by flames uh, of wisdom, right? And these flames of wisdom symbolically burn away um, impurities, right? The things that get in the way cause us to be stupid, right? That kind of stuff, right? So the idea here is that anger is transmuted from a self-serving, egocentric response, right? Uh, you know anybody who, I don't know, maybe they have kids, right? Um, this is a very specific type of parent where the kid does something and it's harmful to somebody else or it irritates them or whatever, and the parent laughs. But if the kid does the exact same thing and it irritates the parent, the parent gets angry and punishes the child and stuff like that, right? So the truth is, is that that action, the, the child's going to be confused, right? Well, not really, because they're going to grow up understanding. Oh, okay. If I do this to people that I'm going to get something from where I need to get things from, don't do that. Everybody else, oh, it's carte blanche. So it's, it's, they don't learn the lesson that if something is true, it's true for everybody. If it's right, it's right for everybody. If it's bad, it's bad for everybody, right? That's called ethics, right? Um, but they don't learn that. What they learn is if I can get away with it and not lose anything, then it's all good, okay? Which is why we have countries and why we have all kinds of laws because we need to keep those people that have that inclination, right? Knowing that, well, there might be punishment if you get caught. Right. 
So anyway, um, so we'll talk about more. We'll talk about this uh, a little bit more in a bit here. Right. But uh, I see that uh, Jimmy jumped on. Hey, Jimmy. Right. Um, anybody can like post wherever you are. Right. Uh, the comments I'm seeing now are from Facebook. If you're on YouTube or whatever, say, hey, uh, hey, Rob Murphy's on. OK. Rob says that sounds like me. I'm pretty angry some days. It seems that every time I try to buckle down, get ready to uh, to read and get back, something else happens that only I can fix or do. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to take a look at why these kind of things happen. Um, now, I'm not going to say that, you know, th- here's a sales pitch, right? Not for me. There's a sales pitch that makes most people buy a new program. And what it is, is the, 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 the teacher, the salesperson, whatever, right? They point out this problem and they point it out in the way that if you have it, they make sure that you know that you know, right? They're not calling you out directly. They're doing it indirectly by telling a story about some people some students, some whatever, right? And then here's here's where here's where the trick comes in, right? They go, but it's not your fault. Okay? And here are all the reasons why it's not your fault, right? These people over here teach this way. These people over here try to convince you a certain thing, right? Um but the reality is is that it is and isn't your fault. Okay? So a lot of my students, myself included, right? There is a heavy intent to get things to happen the problem is that we're like the salmon swimming upstream except we're swimming upstream vertically up in the air through the waters that are coming off of niagara falls okay and whether it feels like that or not we'll, we'll look at why right because we've been left to believe and this is what I'm going to depersonalize to other people, right? But they didn't know any different anyway, right? We've been left to believe that all we have to do is change our habit patterns. All we have to do is, all we have to, right? And while the spiritual teachings explain it a certain way, right? Often it doesn't compute. So I'm going to share something with you from a science perspective that will show you why, we must be disciplined to do something a minimum number of times because we're literally recreating ourselves from the inside out all the way down to a cellular, if not the nucleus part of ourselves from at that level. That, at that, it's not just what we're thinking. And I mean cells all over your body, your organs, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, it's, whatever the whatever size you thought the problem was it's bigger than that okay but it's actually easily fixed as long as we are consistent okay because consistency is what got us here we just weren't consistent in the direction we wanted to be now we know better right the problem is that school didn't provide us with lessons for right this kind of thing School provided us with lessons for knowing a lot about or knowing enough about a cross section of occupational fields that we could choose what we wanted to do for the rest of our lives and then be a good worker. Okay, so 
And I mean, I like learning, but truth is truth. Okay. All right. So um, let's look at why one would want to control the fire, the anger, the hatred, the aversion, whatever. Okay. So again, one of the three poisons. Okay. So um, we live in an age where we're told it's okay to express anger. Watch the news. Right. People are screaming in the streets, whatever. Right. Okay. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't not like whatever, right? The status quo, the way the government's doing things, the way that group over there, whatever, okay? But, you know, let it all out. Even the, the you know, in certain psychiatric uh, circles, right? Let it out, right? Let it out, right? But typically you're letting it out in a controlled environment, right? Like the counselor's office or whatever, right? Putting a pillow up against your face and screaming as loud as you can or whatever, right? Um, but uh the Buddha actually would disagree, right? From from one side of the training, one side of the, the lessons, um they would disagree. Okay. Acting out anger, and this is where karma, right, cause and effect, um, and that idea of, of samsara, right? It's a bit like being on a freaking merry-go-round you can't get off of. Right. In the beginning it's pretty fun, right? After a while you're like, okay, this is less fun. Okay, I'd like to get off now, but you can't. Because what we're doing habit wise and the program we've bought into just keeps it going, just keeps it going. Hey, Richard. OK, so um, acting out anger makes it easier to do so again in the future. Okay? Now, I'm going to I'm going to do a little sidebar kind of thing. Right. Because um, I, I learned this a long time ago and it was a military thing. Um, killing someone for most people is a gut wrenching aversion causing uh, situation right watching the light go out of somebody's eyes knowing you did it that kind of thing right um, that even if the person doesn't ever speak of it 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 takes a piece okay but the reality is that once it's done, it's easier to do it the next time and even easier the next time and even easier. Okay. And there's, again, there's a scientific reason for this, but right. The sting gets less and less and less. Okay. If you ever drop somebody in class, right. If you ever been in class with somebody who, um, you know, had a heck of a time applying a technique to somebody, even slow motion or hitting them or whatever. Right. Um, because, you know, they were taught a long, long time ago, nice people don't hurt other people, right? You probably taught that as a kid. And here they are as an adult trying to learn how to not die, right? And, well, my wife just got home and the dog now knows it. So I'm going to open a door here quickly and let him out. Otherwise, we're going to have a different conversation. All right. So it happens when my wife runs late. <laughs> All right. So, um, but again, it, it gets easier and easier. Okay. So um, it, it leads to a never ending cycle. Okay. Uh, it's kind of like, well, it's not kind of like, it's exactly like all of these anti-bullying activities that people uh, go through. And I don't care if they do it in a passive aggressive way or they do it in a 
uh, we'll make some rules and or laws or whatever that, um, you know, punish the bully or whatever. Right. So here's how I see most anti-bullying programs. I see them as an attempt to use passive or direct force to bully a bully into not bullying. Right. We're going to gently and softly insinuate that if you were a nice person, you would act this way and da, da, all, all, all these kind of things. Right. Um, instead of uh, the Vajrayana or the Mikyo way of doing things where you hold up a mirror. OK, so what what that means is you are the mirror. Right. If you treat a bully the way they treat other people. Right now, there's different types of bullies because some people become bullies because they're treated that way and they're already mirroring it. That requires a different approach. Okay, there's at least six different approaches to any given problem. But for a lot of these bullies, um, they're insecure and they're going to lash out because they're afraid somebody might lash out at them. So they're going to do it first. Okay, so sometimes, right, it's it's the fire thing, right? And then they decide they don't like that, and then, right, or you walk away from them. Okay, you know, all these people that are like, if you can't talk to me this way, if you can't call me this, if you can't whatever, then just don't talk to me. That's a good option. Okay, you'll run out of people or you'll end up in this little box of people that are all talking the same way, which is really what ego wants anyway. Right. But that's not good enough for them because they, you know, they want to run the world. Right. So but it's OK. Right. Um, I don't have to comply. It's just easier to not. And sometimes this is in the, in the Sanmitsu, the thought, uh, thought word indeed, right? Right word is not always having the right thing to say. Right speech sometimes is not saying anything. Right? So, and then the person is left to deal with their own needs that are not being met. Right. And again, this all goes back to actually an addiction that, that's going on. Right. And it's the exact same kind of addiction that we all think of when we think of somebody being addicted to something. The problem with this, and as you'll see here in, in a bit, uh, as we get to the science of it, is we're actually addicted to our own, the, the chemicals that our own body's producing. That sucks. <laughs> but it's, it's fixable, I promise. Okay. So again, right. Um, Acting out on anger makes it easier to do uh, so again in the future, leading to a never-ending cycle, right? Uh, the Buddha actually advised us to neither bottle up nor let our emotions just break through the floodgates and just fall out, right? You know, the folks that wear their emotions on their sleeves, okay? Um, but to analyze them and to come to understand the faulty thinking that produced the anger, Okay. Again, this is on the conventional side because we need to rein ego in. Okay. We need to understand what's at the root cause of things, what causes us to become frustrated, angry, whatever, instead of coming at something logically. But at the same time, we also have to rep, um, we also have to understand and kind of come to grips with the fact that, um, nice doesn't work on everybody. Okay. For some people, you know, if you're nice, they don't feel uncomfortable. So it's easy for them to just cut, like sweep, sweep it to the side and then, you know, there's, uh, they can get on with their lives, right? 
All right. So uh, let's talk about the science because I was I was I brought that up I brought that up and I've been uh, kind of alluding to it here for a little bit. Just get a quick drink. I talk for a living, so my throat dries out a lot. Okay, so um, if you have not seen the uh, video called What the Bleep Do We Know? And the word bleep is actually written in Greek, Greek and mathematical symbols, B-L-E-E-P, right? What the bleep do we know? It's actually a fictionalized story. Um, if you know who Marley Matson is, she's an actress. She's deaf, actually, but you never know it except her speech is off because she's deaf. Um, stars her, who she's a woman who goes from massive, massive frustration, anger, all that kind of stuff, right? And the the it, it's kind of a scientific documentary with a storyline overlaid over it so that you'll actually watch it right um, but you watch her learn these lessons and come out transformed on the other side because she ends up learning about the science behind how this stuff works i highly highly recommend it but you do you okay so here's this here's this little tidbit of science from what the bleep do we know okay you can get a, a lot of Science understanding without all the science mumbo jumbo. Uh, Rob, Rob and I have this like little jokester kind of uh, relationship that, that happens, right? So Rob, you would have liked this a lot because there's a lot of little cartoon characters acting things out. So it'll work out for you, buddy. Anyway, <laughs> I love my students to death. Anyway, um, so uh, there's this one part in there, right, um, about how we get addicted to emotional experiences. It's about addiction, okay? Because your body, right, is actually, like, at, at a certain level, it is a chemical manufacturing plant. We manufacture all kinds of chemicals, okay? Uh, minerals, we transform sunlight into vitamin D. It's This is an amazing freaking thing, right? Um, but, one of these things that we produce, right, um, one of these chemicals or chemical-like kind of things, right, um, are known as peptides, okay? Peptides are um, like amino protein chains, right? It, that's all you need to know. Is it, it, I'm not going to go super deep into it, right? But these things, th these, these chemicals, right, these peptides, they plug into receptors on our cells, you know, tiny cell is, right? And our, our cells have hundreds of docking ports for these peptides because we have to be prepared for whatever, right? Fight, flight, fear, happiness, whatever, right? All this kind of stuff, including, you guessed it, anger, okay? So what happens is, you know, you, you have the stimulus from the world, right, that gets filtered through your view of yourself, the world, how things should work back and forth, all that kind of stuff, right? And based on, remember those little uh, things I talked about where um, it's, a, it's anger is like a part of the defense mechanism, right? It's, it's this response to whatever in our world not going well. The system could feel threatened. The system could feel like, um, you know, things are off balance and, and uh, 
a challenge is coming, right? You know, way back in caveman days, right? Um, women or, you know, whatever. People were aligning to the biggest, strongest guy because that was power, right? That was the, the silverback gorilla that could protect the clan from whatever invader came in, right? But in today's world, people will align themselves to different forms of power, right? Because we're not warding off saber-toothed tigers and stuff like that. So they'll align themselves to people who have, let's let's say, um, more financial uh, ability or stability or whatever, right? Whatever they define as power, right? Um, and the same thing with the things that we defend ourselves against, right? It's typically things that we're afraid of happening, so we set our lives up so those things don't happen. But if whatever I set up gets a little shaky or that thing gets a little too powerful, right, then there's a little bit of a system breakdown and these mechanisms start to rise up, right? The amygdala will send message to the hypothalamus, all kinds of stuff, right? It triggers the, the release of these chemicals, including these peptides, right into the bloodstream, right? These things, the bloodstream is the only thing in your body that touches every other thing in your body right? Your blood. So chemicals dropped into the bloodstream are going to very quickly get to every cell, every cell, okay? And what happens is the peptide, right, comes in and lands in this. It just, there's docking ports for it specifically. And as soon as it plugs in, it creates a change in state in the cell, okay? Depending on the gravity or the chemical or whatever, it could just change the state of the cell, right? So your the cell goes into this fight, flight, or freeze, whatever's going on, okay? Euphoric because of happiness, lust, whatever, right? Um, but if it's intense enough or it's the right chemical combination, it will change the cell all the way to the nucleus, right? You don't have to remember anything from junior high school or high school science, I promise. Keep this simple, right? The point is, it changes the cell, okay? And it makes changes to the cell, okay? Um, and then what ends up happening is the more often, the human body is very, very adaptable. Human mind, human body is very adaptable. So the more often we're exposed to the same kind of stimuli, right? Have you ever noticed in the beginning something's very like, I don't know, traumatic or shock or, you know, you, you're infatuated with somebody or there's love or lust or whatever. But over time, that diminishes and you need more to get that same rush. And if you can't, well, then people do dumb things or whatever, right? Or they get distracted by something else because they're not getting a rush from this thing over here. Well, I used to do that, but it's not as fun anymore. So I do this over here. This is freaking awesome, right? Because we're looking for awesome. Right. Or we're at least looking to stay away from it's going to fucking kill me or eat me or whatever. Okay? Excuse my language. YouTube, don't ban me or Facebook, don't ban me because I said fuck it. Anyway. All right. So. Um, so here's the thing. The, the more we do it, the more the cell gets adapted to that. But it doesn't stop there. When your cells subdivide again, don't worry about it. Right. When your cells split so that, you know, you're growing and whatnot. Your cell split, so this one, now it's called a sister cell, right? Um, I don't know why, don't ask, right? 
Um, and then so this other one is going to end up dying off because of age and getting burned out and all that kind of stuff, right? The sister cells that are created during cellular subdivision have more docking ports on them for the peptides you use the most. And the peptides get you into emotional states. They're chemically induced emotional states, okay? You don't need to go buy them. Just figure out what creates it for you. But it's kind of like marijuana. You'll burn yourself out over it over time um, because you just need more and more to do it, which is why it's called a gateway drug and all kind of stuff, right? Anyway, I don't care if you believe it. I just, you know, anyway. So, um, so the sister cells have more, which means what? We've adapted, and now the cells, our cells, are set up to get into the state that we like being in or that we keep exposing ourselves to quicker. We're, we're designed to, to adapt to our environment, which is why people live in North Dakota where it's fucking freezing, right? We're a hardy bunch. Okay, so... Um, if your coffee freezes from the parking lot to the front door in the wintertime, uh, I'm not going there. Anyway, so, and again, if you're from North Dakota, enjoy your life. Anyway, so, um, so here's the thing, right? Just like with all the emotions or any given emotion, we can become addicted to anger. Okay? Just like we can be, become addicted to painkillers, including Tylenol, um, ibuprofen, what, that's, is, yeah, ibuprofen, right, acetaminophen, whatever, okay? They're still painkillers, right? Just because they're not over-the-counter and it's not an opioid doesn't mean that you don't become addicted to it. But if you need to take more and more to alleviate the pain you're having, it's not because you're having more pain. It's because your brain is producing a greater pain response to get more of the chemical that it's now adapted itself or it's the body's adapted itself to needing. So, um, but we can become addicted to anger, right? Um, we can and will get angry if the addiction, whether or not, like, it, we could be addicted to anger itself, right? Um, there's some people that just jump to anger, right? Um, but we will get angry if the addiction itself is not fed or met, okay? So, we could be addicted to anger. We could also be addicted to um, euphoria. We could be addicted to being the compassionate, blissful, spiritual warrior. And then as soon as somebody shakes that, we get pissed off, right? I don't have time to meditate. I don't have whatever, okay? I know people, <laughs> I've seen people in meditation groups, right? Um, in the middle of meditation, a truck will go by or there'll be a noise or something like that and they'll get pissed off because they were doing it right um, and everything was fine until that truck went by. No, you obviously weren't doing it right because if you were doing it right, you can hear sounds, you can see images and all that kind of stuff, but your focus doesn't break because they're just there. The fact that your mind attached itself to that and now that's what you're following means that you... I mean, if you need to be in a perfect vacuum to be able to do the exercise, then you're still a white belt. And that's just the way it works. Okay? All right. So I feel like Walter Cronkite. Anyway, so some of you guys aren't even old enough to know who that was. All right. So, uh, again, in the case of anger, 
the more often, and here's how to sum up this whole thing, sister cells and all that kind of stuff, right? And again, we're talking about anger, so let's just do that, right? In the case of anger, the more often we get angry, the more often we will get angry, okay? And we'll get there quicker because that's what we karmically or biologically created ourselves to be able to do. Intentionally or accidentally, it does not matter, okay? The wisdom teachings, Mikyo, our philosophy, whatever, is designed to have you, just like martial art as well, right? It's designed to have you do things that you want to be doing, right? This is a better option. This is what my default, what I want my default to be, not what I keep doing, right? I have to practice it consistently and often enough so that the neural pathways in the brain change and I'm experiencing this thing, right? The new emotion, the new uh, habit pattern or whatever, so that as my body produces new sister cells, see the process, right? Because it's constantly, all the cells are constantly subdividing, all that kind of stuff, right? As it produces new cells, the cells will be built with these docking ports and all that for the new thing, right? So what it comes down to is, at least on one part, disciplined action, okay? Um, one of the mentors that I follow, uh, now this is on a business side of uh, things or whatever, but he, I, I just uh, uh, got this, this lesson uh, here recently, right? And he said, you know, when I do things, this has nothing to do with whether I want to do them or not. It has nothing to do with whether I like them or not. I think we have a new T-shirt out on WCIDragonsDen.com that says uh, nobody ever said you had to like it. And if we don't have it, it'll be coming out soon. Okay. But, you know, he, he reminds us all, right? I don't have to like it and I don't have to want to do it. I don't have to be motivated to do it, right? I do it because it's required. For me to get from here to there, this is required. A lot of us believe that about our jobs, right? I want to live a certain type of life. I want to make sure my house is paid off or whatever, right? Then I need a certain amount of money. That means I need to work a certain amount of hours or get into a business that, you know, produce, okay? There's certain things that are required to produce that state. This has nothing to do with like. That has nothing to do with want. See, desires out the window, okay? Ignorance has been refashioned because, right? I'm not just going to throw things at the wind. This is required, right? Well, what if you don't like it? It has nothing to do with, again, it, anger, hatred is not going to pop up because there's no like or want to be thrown out, right? What I want is that condition, that state, that position, whatever. This is required to get there. So um, I'm going to do it because it's what's required, okay? We're not going to have a conversation about how way too many people are being pulled around by their their feelings, right? And you all know that I hate one of the biggest things that I we're going to use the word hate, and I don't use the word hate loosely. Okay, one of the things that bothers me the most are when people use the word feel where the word think belongs, because they are two completely different not only functions of the brain, they're two completely different experiences. 
One is very cold, very logical. Feeling doesn't come up. Now, it can induce feelings based on what we're thinking about or, you know, whatever. But getting things done, processing a math problem, whatever, right? Very cold, very analytical. There's nothing, right? The experience is very stoic. It's very it's cold and impersonal, okay? Feeling, right? That's something different, okay? But if I'm letting my thinking and logic be uh, be um, controlled by how I feel, you ever have somebody come and talk to you about something that was really simple, right? Really not not a big deal, but they're still pissed off from something that happened to them five hours before and it makes for a completely different experience and somehow you're now the surrogate for that person that did whatever at 10 a.m. this morning, okay? Changes everything, okay? I don't like to communicate via text or email when I know that I need to be very clear, okay? And I understand that vocal tone control, not just controls, but influences how someone picks up my message. It's not just the words I use. It's body language. It's vocal tone. If I don't have, you know, uh, maybe I can't do a video chat because the person I'm talking to is working or in a different environment or whatever, right, that it's going to have to be voice. And now it's vocal tone. Those kind of things, right? I understand how that influences. What most people don't give any thought to is when they're reading something like a text or an email, how their own emotional state causes a certain translation to those words. It puts something over them that the person who said it may or may not have meant at all because it's being filtered through our emotional state. Okay. And partially thinking, right? If I like that person, then I'm, they, they could say something that they're really pissed at me and I might take it as a joke up front, right? And then they have to catch up and remind me that, no, they really are pissed off, okay? If I don't like them, they could have told the best joke in the world. And I could not like it just because of confirmation bias, okay? So anyway. Um, this is where clarity and wisdom come in, okay? And that's why Fudo has this sword, right? This, this double-edged sword cuts in all directions. It's designed, or it's, it, it's symbolically designed, right, to cut through illusions and things like that. It's why he carries a coiled rope. That's for the internal stuff, right, to bind up, you know, weird shit going on, uh, doubts, fears, uh, bad programming, whatever, right? The sword is for the crap that the world can be throwing at me, okay? The flames are all about the passion and desire to get things done, okay? Because it needs to be done, right? Not about like, dislike, whatever. Damn it. This is required. Do what's required, okay? So um, it's where clarity and wisdom come in. So if we know that this process is going on, Right. Even even just the way I described it. Right. In very layman's terms, if we know that it's going on. Right. And that it's the man behind the curtain, for those of you who get the, the inference. Right. That you're supposed to ignore. 
you can do things which, quote unquote, pull back the curtain and expose the wizard, right, for what he is. Okay. And then you do the work of getting back home to Kansas or, in this case, a state of sanity, control, and intentional rather than accidental living. Okay. But as long as we are ignorant of how this whole process works, right, it's not that we can't get there. It's just going to be a ragged, rugged road. The more we can know about how the process works, then we don't, well, I didn't need, I lost the need to feel motivated to do something because the very chemicals that were controlling me to do things and causing the lack of motivation, distraction, you know, whatever, right? They're happening because I have accidentally or intentionally wired myself for that to happen. Okay. I need to get through them happening long enough for some of our organs and some of our cells. It's days for other ones. It's weeks for other ones could be months. Right. But to get enough of me rewired so that I get that traction and can go. But again, it's just a matter of doing it. And again, I, I know how simple that sounds, but it is not simple because you're literally going to have to act out of character. You're going to have to act in contrast or in contradiction to the way you feel or think you should be. But you you feel and think you should be doing something because you are wired to do that thing. If you want to be doing something else, going to have to, right? So, well, well, I'll give you, like I said, I'll give you three, um, three practices. I'm only going to describe them very quickly, but it'll give you a place to start. Okay. All right. So um, real quick here, right? Um, one of the founders of the Mikyo approach to things, and I'm using the term, the Japanese term, because um, for a lot of you, you don't know Vajrayana or whatever. And if you do, you might know Tibetan Buddhism our Japanese approach to things is actually older than the Tibetan approach. The Tibetan approach, everybody knows more about because of the press that the Tibetans have gotten because the Chinese invaded and all that kind of crap. Right. So bad press gets traction more. Right. Anyway. So, um, uh, his name was Shantideva, not that that matters or whatever. Right. But he described anger as the most extreme negative force. Okay. One with the capability of destroying the good we've worked so hard to create. Okay? When you start on this path, that's why in, in certain teachings that we have, Fudo is actually up front, okay? because it's, it can get really, really uncomfortable because you just feel like you're swimming upstream, right? Um, because you're not wired for that. Okay? And most people want to lean toward just doing the practices that make them feel like they're being pious, they're being, you know, they're they're already there, right? Everybody wants to feel like they're just just almost there. If I could just do this one little thing, then I'll be there. If you were that close, you would already know that that was not true, and you wouldn't even be having those thoughts, okay? Because there's four stages just before full and complete enlightenment. And three of them 
get worse and worse. They cause more anger, frustration, and irritation because ego wants to the ego wants to believe that it's already there because the practice is making it give up the last of its handholds, right? And it will it will keep working. So people, and this is why people end up quitting just before they get their black belt. They fall short just before accomplishing a goal and stuff like that, right? Because, right? The struggle's over, man. I'm going to make it. It's right there. And then the next thing you know, something happens. And now they have something else that they can blame, right? Because if that didn't happen, man, I'd have made it, right? But that's the reason for aiming beyond the goal that you want because that kind of thing happens, right? I want to blow right through the thing that I really wanted. And, you know, even if I make that other thing, right, I'm so far ahead of where I would have been if I would have just aimed for that, right? Okay, so anyway, um, uh, again, destroys the good we've worked so hard to create, right? Think about that. One moment of anger, I mean, I'm just reading from his words, right? One moment of anger combined with access to, now he didn't use these references, but anyway, one moment of anger combined with access to a gun can completely change someone's future from a life of freedom to a life behind bars, right? A more everyday example would be how anger can destroy friendship and trust that might have taken decades to build up, right? You know, somebody has a belief thing or whatever, or they're leading with anger, right? You could say something, do something, you post something online that was completely innocuous, right? It was just, right? Rob and I were talking about this the other day, right? This is my preference, right? That offends somebody. So they lash out, go absolutely apeshit, and now they've destroyed their family because they couldn't control themselves. Okay? So, anyway. Um, let's see. Ultimately, anger is more dangerous than all the world's bombs, guns, and knives put together. Because those guns, bombs, and knives typically aren't used unless there's anger behind at least one side using them, at least in the, in the beginning, right? So while there are many more things, lessons, exercises, et cetera, that can help to diminish the burn of that internal fire, um, what I want to do is, uh, today is just look at three, uh, look at three, three ways, right? Um, each one of these corresponds to one aspect of our San Mitsu. Right, that triple secret for success. Right, thought, word, and deed. Okay, um, so first one. Right, um, first of all, what, what's wrong? Say that's my Dr. Pepper. That's not your Dr. Pepper. That's my Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Yours is still in the refrigerator, and it'll be there when you come back over to help me at my house. Sorry, look for the little sidebar there, everybody. Right, <laughs> freaking Rob. Anyway, <laughs> you know what? Come to class. They'll be waiting for you there. <laughs> oh, man. Some people's kids. I swear to God. Anyway. All right. Okay. So first one, and these are in no particular order, right? Um, controlling anger. Okay. So, again, these are thought, word, and deed approaches, right? So the first one is to cut the reflexive action. Okay. So this is actually about word, okay? 
or do your mother? No. Anyway, right? So I got this from my Buddhist teacher a long, long time ago, my Mikyo teacher. Um, because the, an emotion is an experiential thing, right? It's on right brain, okay? To cut it, right? Because what's, what's, what normally happens is the emotion we're having gets filtered over and controls the kind of thinking that we have. And that thinking is almost always in line with the emotion. It's justifying the emotion. And it's adding fuel. Oh, yeah, if they did this, then I'm going to do that. And you know what? Now that I think about it, they freaking said that. And, right? So it just, oh, it just keeps building, right? So we need to do something that cuts that cleanly, right? That, that will cause us to go from emotional experience controlling the logical aspects of our mind to cold analytical logic that cuts that connection, right? And that will actually flip the switch on, on the emotive side, right? Because we've given it something, given the mind something else to work with, right? And that's going to calm down the buzz that's going on in the body. Because again, remember, we're having an emotional um, thing, frustration, whatever, okay? And I'm going to give you an exercise in a, in a minute where you're, if you haven't experienced this yet, you're going to start looking for it so that you can experience that this is not a mind thing. This is a total body experience. All emotions are total body experiences. Okay. As long as we think that they're just mental, right? Anything we try to do to fix it, unless we're severing the connection, and I don't mean you have to like cut your head open, um, it, it's not going to work, right? So in this case, it's simple in instruction, but you have to really, and you, you might have to do this several times, right? But the trick is to say, I'm angry, or I'm frustrated, or whatever, okay? Again, you might have to say it a couple of times, but what you're doing, you need to say it out loud. Don't say it in your head. Say it out loud so you can hear yourself, okay? Because what you're doing is speaking the truth. You're, you're, I'd say you're speaking truth. You're using your analytical, logical mind to speak the experience. And because you have to use the logical part of your brain to say, I'm angry, instead of being all infused in the feeling, and then using other thoughts to feed it, like dropping firewood or gasoline on it, right? You're, you're going to say, I'm angry, right? And you might have to say it a couple of times, but what you're doing is using the left brain to acknowledge, I'm angry. I'm angry. Now, you got to be careful that you go, don't go, I'm angry. Goddamn right, I'm angry. And here's what, right? Because you just like fall back into the fire, right? But what you're doing is using your left brain right? Very cold, very scientific, very analytical. Move everything over there so it starts to cut the sting, okay? The better you get at it, eventually you won't even have to do that. You'll actually be able to throw a switch and turn off, okay? Now, it's very creepy to some people because you'll be able to do that when you're happy, when you're sad, all that, and it's kind of disconcerting to some people, okay? And it can look sociopathic, uh, sociopathic, right? Where you, you just seem like, the hell was that? 
right? Because people aren't used to someone who has that kind of control. But when I'm happy, I'm in that state of happiness. When that needs to be done, I need to focus over here. If we have a hard time getting over here, then I can't start this job right now because I'm still thinking about the other stuff or whatever, or I'm lamenting that I can't do that anymore or whatever, right? It's like dragging a big-ass anchor, right, with a little rowboat, okay? Same thing if I just went from, like, maybe I was working on um, the workplace violence book I'm working on, right? So maybe I was typing this stuff out, being very, like, analytical, trying to convey things to uh, C-suite uh, executives and companies and whatnot, and typing this thing, and then, like, my grandson comes in. He's just learned about jokes, right? So he comes in, and, Grandpa, Grandpa, okay, I got another one to tell you, right? He tells me this joke or whatever, right? Now, his jokes are cute, right? But what I think is funny is how uh, just the way he laughs after he tells it, because he gets it, right? He's got this little snorting laugh when he does it, right? So that makes me laugh, right? It's it's his response to it that makes me laugh, but, like, I can get into this experience with my grandson, okay? Unless I can't drag this big-ass anchor away from, because you, you imagine, Grandpa, Grandpa, let me tell you this. So he tells me this joke, and I go, Hmm, that's that's very funny. Okay, go play. I just left a mark. Okay? Not now, but you get the idea. I would have just left a mark. That if I keep doing that is going to affect a relationship that right now is really cool. But it could end up not being cool because I wasn't mindful. Okay? And I had an opportunity Right. To have an experience, not a logical discourse with a four year old. Right. So, again, clarity. OK, so we're going to say I'm angry. Right. It moves everything to the cold intellect, that kind of thing. Right. OK. So. Let me see, let's make sure I didn't miss something here. OK, so um, another thing that we can do. Right. There's a couple of things I'm going to, I'm going to give you here. Right. And, and one is kind of a bridge. Right. It's a body and a mind thing. But this this next one we give you um, is about deed. It's it's all body. OK. So the second one is you uh, you stand, you lift your chin a little bit more, almost like, I don't know, in a doorway. Um, there was a uh, maybe a, I don't know, a strap hanging down or whatever, with a little something here. You could just kind of like reach up and, and kind of bite. So. Here's what happens, right? What we have to do is reverse the body language, the body impulse from anger and hatred. And I mean, it's, it's like getting ready to fight if you're not in fight mode. Okay. And here's some of the body language cues. If you're in my martial, martial classes, my, my self-defense classes, I cover this, right? If you've ever been in any of my uh, workplace violence kind of things, right? There are these danger cues to know when somebody's going to go physical, right? And one of those is the shoulders roll in, right? You see that? Okay. Shoulders roll in because the arms are about to do a lot of work right in the power triangle right here, right? The jaw drops and clenches, but it drops to protect the eyes, right, and to protect the throat as we're moving in here, okay? And these back muscles fire to come up to create some armor and protect the organs and stuff like that, right? That's the body language when we're angry, right? We're telling somebody and we're, we're not, let me tell you, right? See, that's not somebody that's going to go physical on you, 
right? The more they come in and get more directed and, and everything's that kind of thing, right? It's very different, right? So what we want to do is do the opposite thing. So we're going to go chin up, right? We're going to relax the arms, right? Do everything we can to just make them go more dead weight and relax them, okay? So it's a different perspective, right? It's the opposite of the chins down, arms up, right, for fighting, that kind of thing, right? And we're going to take a deep breath, okay? So instead of being like, I'm going to, right, where the, where the, where the breath is, is quick in, quick out, that's this, this fiery state, right? Let me tell you something, that kind of thing, right? There's this choppy, right, or this loud, right? We're going to lift the chin, drop the arms, take a long, deep breath. Again, you might have to do it a couple of times. But this is this is a trick in our Kuji training where what most people learn is you do the thought, word, and deed, right? You, you do this thing with your body and whatnot um, as a part of the whole thing. But what we're actually doing is what the body does when it's in that state. So there's two ways to flip the state. You can visualize and either speak or breathe a certain way, right? Um, or, uh, you know, whatever, put the stuff together, right? Or what you can do is start imitating the breathing and the body language, right, that put you there. So you can do it mind first, or you can do it body first. So for those who have a hard time doing it mind first, like, I'm angry. I'm angry. I'm angry. And then just start listening to the words. I'm angry. I'm so now I'm not even over there. I'm listening to myself just make these sounds, right? I'm angry. That's mind only. And that should affect the body. If it doesn't, now we've got a body that'll affect the mind, right? Chin up, open things, relax the arms, right? When somebody says, have you ever heard somebody say, take a breath, man, take a breath, okay? Deep breath, okay? There's other things that can go along with it because it's really difficult when you're closed in like this, almost in fighter pose, to take a deep breath because it's only going so far. It's only going maybe your solar plexus. Okay, and people are going to go, yeah, deep breath. Okay, now what? And that didn't work. Okay, so we can do it the other way. Okay, all right. So a um, couple of things here we can do um, uh, that is mind, but one is a mind body. So I'll give you that one, and then we'll do. Uh, so one's more external, one's more internal. Okay, so the first one, right? Is we'll, we'll give we'll do the internal first. I think I think that's my internal. Double check my notes here. Nope, this is external. Okay, so first one is it using the observing mind, the observational mind. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to listen, watch that kind of thing, right? To understand. Okay, we want to find weaknesses. We want to get clarity determine threat response level, that kind of thing. So when something comes up that would normally make us angry, I don't care if it's the presence of somebody that every time they're around me, I just know they're going to say something stupid. And so I just start gearing up for it, right? Well, how about if I just 
in the beginning, I'm going to end up watching myself doing it, right? And that's a part of the other one too. But in this case, I'm going to suspend that and I'm going to wait for them to start talking. I'm actually going to listen to what they have to say because if I gear myself up for them doing something stupid, then I'm going to filter anything they do say to me through the filter, right? But if I can just suspend that and I'm going to watch, right? What is the threat level? I mean, is this as dangerous or as bad as I thought it was going to be, right? We always say that 2020 hindsight is very, very clear, right? The trick with this kind of mental training, right? And getting the other half of ourselves, mental psychological self-defense, right? Down, down to a science is that, um, we're, we're, <laughs> we're not causing the problem, right? We're not like expecting it to happen. We're going to learn to watch, right? So, um, how bad is things, right? The clarity, right? We want the clarity, right? So we're going to listen to the person. We're going to watch the person. Now, they may indeed say that dumb thing that we thought they were going to say, but we're not going to be responding to it until it happens, not before it happens, okay? We're not going to be part of the problem. We're not going to create a problem that may not exist before they open their mouth, okay? People assume all the time because they think they know that other person so well, but what they're really responding to is a snapshot of a recording from past incidents, not this incident. Just like students that hate doing any particular technique. Oh my God, if I have to do that technique one more time, I'm going to scream. You've never done this technique before. Yes, I have. We've been doing this since white belt. Really? You're the same today that you were as a white belt. Huh? This partner is going to come at you exactly the same way everybody's always come at you. Yes, then you're not paying attention. Because at this point in your training, if you're mid-intermediate or you're advanced, you should be able to tell little subtleties. Oh, he didn't grab to lock my wrist. He grabbed more hand than wrist. Or he grabbed right in the middle of the wrist, but it's not locked. Or he grabbed more forearm than wrist. Or his fingers are in a different place and his thumb's in a different place, so the opening's in a different spot. Okay. If we do the technique as though we've never done it before, as the me that I am now against this particular person reaching this particular way from this particular angle, I have never done this technique before. I've done the model, but it's never going to be the same. If I always say I love you to the person I love, the same way, same inflection all the time, right? We see each other, we leave. We're saying eventually it won't have any meaning. Sometimes when somebody says, I love you, I go, great. That's, thank you. That's really great. Okay. Now, if they come back with, well, you're supposed to say it too. Then now I have to question whether they said it because they meant it and wanted me to know or they said it because they were trying to elicit a response from me so that I would say it to them. That's a game I don't play because it's not authentic. And I know how crazy that sounds too. And that's a habit that's hard to break. Oh my God, if I don't say it, they go apeshit. I'm sorry. For you, I'm sorry. Okay? 
How does it feel to be intimidated into telling somebody that they're loved? Anyway, right? So the external thing is just it's paying attention to the situation a little bit more when something's coming up instead of making a mountain out of a molehill kind of thing, right? The second one is this seishin, right? This this clear mind kind of idea, right? This again, this is observational mind, but this is internal work. So I'm giving you two for the mind, so I guess I'm giving you four different exercises, right? Okay. So the this one's about working on and observing yourself when things get triggered, whatever, right? Because what we're trying to do is ferret out, is this a habitual response? that I developed on my own, or is this a learned response? Because at some point back, I learned or was told or was programmed that this was the right response. You know, like you called my mom, would you call my mom? Right? Because in the neighborhood I grew up in, right? You don't insult anybody's mom. And then I was obliged, right? I was obligated to defend my mom. And except that none of the names I ever used for my mom were accurate. And I know that I don't need to defend my mom because you're wrong. Right. But I don't need to start a fight by saying you're wrong. I can just go, you know, I did this to your mom. Did you pay her? That's all I really care about. Right. Because I understand that that shuts down what he's trying to make happen. Clarity and wisdom. Okay. As opposed to the obligatory, I now have to fight, put my life, you know, my my well-being at risk for something that was just stupid. We don't let people call your mom names. Not letting them. They're doing it all by themselves. Right? Again, is it worth dying for? If it's not worth dying for, because that's what we risk every time we get into a fight. Most people don't see that. Shit happens. A year and a half ago, two years ago, something like that, right before COVID, two guys were killed within two weeks apart in my town at two different bars. One, they got into a duking it out kind of thing in the street, just a punch to the face, caused the guy to stumble, dropped down, and hit the back of his head on the curb. Went to the hospital, died. A different bar. Guy got shoved. There was a shoving contest. Got shoved, stumbled backwards into a plate glass window, got his throat cut, was dead before the ambulance got there. Not intended. It, was, it wasn't, you know, attempted murder or nothing like that, except two guys are now sitting in prison because they ended up killing somebody over a dumb shit comment. The, the, there was this need in both instances Right. Alcohol was involved and all that. But in both instances, both. Had the the need right to stand up. Okay, so in this case, we're going to work on. Ferreting out. And being much more clear on learned instinctive triggers, because even the you know natural responses, right, instinctive triggers. So you can't be manipulated by your anger or by certain thoughts that routinely induce anger. So we're going to figure out what makes me tick. I'm going to figure out what makes me tick. Okay. When these things happen, right. What's, what's a better response or what's the logic behind it or whatever. 
I'm going to pull Rob back out here again. Um, I've gotten over the Dr. Pepper comment, Rob. So anyway, um, Rob and I were just talking about this over the weekend that, you know, we're not getting any younger, right? And at this age, a lot of stuff that we used to flare up about, right? 20 something, whatever, right? In the military, we used to call it young, dumb, and full of, it rhymes with young. Anyway, um, it's just, now we laugh at it. It's just, it's just not worth, you know, whatever, right? So just like when you were young, uh, you might have wanted that, that hot motorcycle or that hot car that just, right, screamed. Everybody knew you were in town, right? Except it cooked off, what, 50 gallons to the mile, right? And now I want to, what I learned along the way was no matter how fast this damn thing is, I'm going to stop at the next red light. And I'm going to have to stop at the next red light. Okay. I've learned that I'm going to end up stopping at red lights. So now I'm going to go from one red light to the next red light in comfort and style and not blow my paycheck the first day or two on gas. So I've got more money and more time and more less anger and more energy and all that to enjoy other things in life. Okay. So anyway, that is, that is what I have, right? So, um, that I don't know if it was hidden in there or not, hopefully not. Right. Um, but we want to look at, right. Cause anger is, anger is a poison, right? Oh, um, did I go? Oh, the, the anger, right. The, um, sorry, I was wanting to come back to Fudo and, uh, Vajra Yugini before I, I forgot. Right. So there is such a thing as Vajra anger. Okay. And uh, so because anger is natural, right? So in, in, in Mikio, anger is actually a tool as well, okay? Because the reality, and I, I mentioned this earlier, right? Um, for some people, right, you can't give them that look or you can't give them the logic as to why this, their action was bad or whatever, right? Um, you know, even in the, in the ancient teachings, right, there are these things where, you know, a student is just being an ass, right? And the teacher has tried to do the calm route. They tried to do the logical route. They tried to do the observ uh, observing mind route and whatnot. And then sure enough, teacher takes off his sandal, smacks the freaking student right upside the head. And what the teachings say is, and then the student was enlightened, <laughs> which to me is really freaking funny. But, um, you know, the first time I saw this, that the teacher actually assaulted and that's that's what I thought, right? Assaulted the student. I mean, that's not very blissful. But the reality is that some people need to be shaken, not stirred, right? And so, fudo, flame, sword, and whatnot, right? Um, the 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 rope for internal stuff, right, is about calming our own inner demons, right? Calm mind, right? Calm mind. The there, there's a there's this thing called a bija, right? It's a seed syllable. So all teachings and all that ultimately just they can come down to a single. Now it's called a syllable, but in English sometimes it's two syllables, three syllables, whatever. But it's the smallest you can make this thing, and when you say it or know it, then you're you automatically know the whole uh, lesson. But you start big, and then it gets reduced to reduce to reduce. It's kind of like those little pills. Uh, or castles that you can buy in a toy store um, that has that little sponge thing in it, right? You drop it in water. And I mean, the, 
the castle looks like something you got to treat a cold symptom, right? Drop it in a freaking glass of water. Next thing you know, you got a four foot freaking sponge that's an inch thick and whatnot. And there's no way in hell you're ever going to get it back into that capsule. Not because it dissolved, but because I don't know what they used to get it in there, but it's not coming, you know, whatever, right? So it's that idea, right? That, that bija, that seed syllable is like that capsule and it has this whole thing going on, right? So the, the bija for, um, for fudomyo is kanman, right? The Sanskrit is kanman, right? And since English is in the Sanskrit fa- language family, um, then we come up with things that, that sound very, very similar to this kanman. So I can say kanman two different ways. I can say it kanman, kanman, or I can say kanman, that kind of thing, right? What do they sound like? Right? Well, if it's the rope, right, that's binding up inner demons. What I'm saying is calm mind, calm mind, right? If I'm using the sword and it's outward directed, then what I'm saying is, come on, like, let's get it done, right? That kind of thing, right? So that may be necessary. I may be on a team, right? Somebody's just not pulling the freaking weight and I need to express myself in a way that either causes them to get the damn job done and get back to work or quit and relieve the team of your burden will replace you with somebody else who will. See? Um, again, I'm, I'm a love me, hate me kind of guy. If you're on one of my teams, right? Um, if somebody's not doing their job, it's it, it can be reduced to one of two problems. One of two problems, okay? One or the other. It's either they can't or they won't. If they can't do something, that's on me as the leader, and that requires training. I train them. Now they can. If they won't, either because I've trained them, well, I've trained them, right? Or they came with the supposed training, right? If they won't, that's on them. I have two solutions, right? If they can't, that's on me. I provide the training. Now they can. If they can't, that's on them. They have two choices. Step up or there's the door. There is not a third option that most managers in most companies either allow for or by non-activity or non-action allow people to come to believe. I can do whatever I want. They're not doing anything to me anyway. Okay? So it's real simple. It's can't or won't. Okay? It's the same thing. But I'm not holding anybody accountable to anything that I don't hold me accountable for. Because ultimately, right, if I want something, again, I don't have to want it. I don't have to like it. It's required. And so taking the next step for the next goal that needs to be uh, accomplished, every step is either a can't or a won't. Well, if I won't do it, then, well, I guess that's not happening for me. Right. But again, it's not a won't because won't implies I don't like it. I don't want to do it. Whatever. Doesn't matter if you want to do it or not. You want that thing over there? You got to do this thing. It's required. Okay. And can't. Well, 
that just tells me I need to learn something. I need to fix something. I need to get something, whatever. Now I can. I can accomplish that one. What's the next thing? Okay. And if I go down a checklist, I don't go down a checklist like got that, got that, got that. It's do I have what I need? Have I accomplished this task? Right. Have I completed the requirement? Next, 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 next. What, 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 what requirements have I completed? What requirements have I not? What do I need to complete the requirements? So that's just left brain analytical kind of stuff, right? Because the goal is to accomplish the thing. And then see, once I get there, that's not cold and analytical. Now I get to have the experience and the enjoyment of having the thing, right? I can enjoy a more peaceful, less stressed life because I took the time to develop the skill sets necessary to stop some jack wagon from coming at me or my family. Right. So anyway, um, so the, 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 the thing that often confuses people, see Vajra anger, this, this tool, right? Is, and I think I've mentioned this before in different contexts and different episodes, but we'll do it here, right? Is it's very cold. It's very clean. Okay. So if I need to use it as a tool and I do the anger, whatever it is, right? I say the thing, I point, whatever the thing is, right? I, it's, 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 it's sharp. It's powerful. And it only lasts for an instant and then it's gone. Okay, it's very clean. Okay. Again, an analogy that I use on a regular basis is I could be walking down the sidewalk. There are two kids screwing around on the on the you know side of the the, the road. They're they're on the on the grass or whatever next to the road, but they're pushing and shoving, and they've changed angle where this could end up with one of them ending up in the street, and there's a car coming right. Now I could, you know, boys, boys, hey, calm down, hey, you know, careful cars, whatever, right? They could not hear me, couldn't care, blow me off, flip me, a, you know, whatever, right? Flip me the bird, whatever, right? But they're engaged in this activity and I needed to get it, I needed to stop quickly, right? So I might drop a couple of four-letter expletives, right? Loudly. They stop. They can be pissed off at me for the rest of their lives. But I do it. They stop. I say, thank you. Have a nice day. And I continue walking along. I don't walk along like dumbass kids, blah, blah, blah. Okay? I just get on with the rest of my day. Okay? So it's just gone. But here's the question. What's the difference between me having that explosive moment of anger to get that to stop, right? And um, somebody who's spoiled or whatever, right? Who uses anger, they're throwing a fit to get what they want. And then as soon as they get it, it's like a light switch was thrown and it's all gone. It's like they were never angry. What's the difference between those two? The difference is intent. One's doing it to get what they want at the expense of whatever damage they have to cause to get it. Right. And then of course it's all going to be gone away because they got it. It's very, it's the childish mind. Okay. It's one of the 10 levels of mind that, uh, that is in uh, Miko. 
Uh, and then the other one is it wasn't about me. It was about safety and it was something that I assessed that like, I got to stop it now. Right. And this is going to be the quickest, shortest route. Okay. So, uh, and then I can't hold on to it. Okay. Hopefully they won't hold on to it. And hopefully there's like that situation because they were, you know, laughing and screaming and not paying attention that it just broke through and maybe they didn't hear the four letter expletives or whatever that just got them to stop. There's that shock. Right. And then there's a car coming. I know. Oh, okay. Well, you guys have a great day. Okay. Nothing makes a teacher go away faster than those two words. I know. So anyway, uh, let's see. Ooh, been into this for quite a bit. So, um, Questions, comments, who else is on? Robin. That's <laughs> more than a smiley face, Rob. That's like, it's a whole thing. It even looks like you. Stick figure face. Just kidding, man. Anyway. Um, okay, you know what? We're actually uh, at almost the two-hour mark, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. And if you have any questions, comments, anything like that, right, you can always shoot it through. Um, you can either post it on uh, under this, right, on YouTube as soon as it they do whatever they need to to process it after the live post it into a comment. That'd be really, really cool. Um, if you had like a really, uh, I don't know, like an epiphany or an aha moment or whatever, that'd be cool to hear. Okay. Um, and if you're on the Facebook side, like Jimmy and a couple of other folks, right. Um, just use the comment thing down below and whatnot. Uh, it also helps because it lets Facebook or YouTube or whatever know that, um, you know, People are actually getting some benefit out of this, and they should probably share it with other people. Um, but anyway, that's that's what I have. Um, quick announcement. Uh, let's see. Spring camp is coming up uh, May 19th, 20th, and 21st. Uh, Realms of Power uh, is the theme. And if you go to OnlineNinjaAcademy.com. Oh, how did my how did my overlay not? Uh, you know what? I think it went away when I did the video at the very beginning. That's what I get for being my own producer. Is that it? There it is. Okay. So if you go to onlineninjaacademy.com right there and then add a forward slash and the word events, uh, it'll be the first event below my smiling mug, right? Um, just go to that. And then the theme is there. And then the tentative um, uh, topics, things that we're going to be covering. So you see there's a full gamut. We're doing mind stuff. We're doing strategic tactical things. We're doing life things. We're doing, obviously, you know, armed and unarmed self-defense and all that kind of stuff, right? So take a look at that. Um, I just had uh, one of my students, uh, Erskine Harris. Uh, he can only do a day. So he's signing up for a day, right? Some people can do the whole weekend. Uh, some can't make it in live, so they're doing virtual. So, you know, something's better than nothing, you know, uh, just keep things moving forward. Right. And the cool thing is when you do the training live, and you don't just get the recordings is you get that interaction. Right. I can see I can check out your body movement, see what you're doing. Um, you can ask questions in real time. Things aren't out of context. Um, it just it just works out a whole lot, a whole lot easier for everybody. OK, um, that's what I have. OK, so we'll get more things out. Uh, the Sanjay Shijigobon, uh program again will be happening. Um, the house stuff took a little bit longer, so we're probably still looking at a week and a half, two weeks out for a start. So um, within a couple of days, I'll have a, 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 a webinar scheduled 
uh, we're, I'm going to be going over another section. Uh, I think last week's uh, Kuden I pulled from the Sanji Shichidobon, right? This is actually something I got from a teacher a long time ago, and just this is a uh, outline now for me. I've got uh, way more um, involved in it, but we're going to jump ahead. The free webinar, we're going to jump ahead and take a look at the seven branches or seven characteristics of an enlightened mind and um, take a look at, you know, the coolness, the stuff you'll be able to do once you get, you know, this stuff handled. And then you can decide whether or not you want to jump onto the program and work through the other uh, 30, right? Now, it's seven, um, seven categories of lessons, and then there's things within each of those. So don't think that it's like, oh, my God, there's 30 of the, you know, I mean, ultimately there are 30 exercises, 30 contemplative meditations, those kind of things. But um, we're going to take it, you know, chunks, right? Okay, that's it. That's what I have. I will talk to you again, talk to everyone again next week uh, on, uh, where are we? On Kuden. That's where we are. Talk to you soon. Get more of Kuden Radio. Subscribe through your favorite podcasting site or join our clan of serious modern warriors at OnlineNinjaAcademy.com.